This is the Broncos Blitz, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Here's your host, Danny Williams. Back in on a Football Friday edition of the Broncos Blitz podcast. I am Danny Williams, along with Danny Bailey. We're live from Mile High Sports Studios here in the Tech Center. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. Uh, Lots to talk about. A little bit of um, um, status check here of where the Broncos coaching search is at. A um, potential... Denver native uh, who could be the next Broncos owner has emerged as well Uh, and we just have a lot to talk about besides the divisional games here that will be kicking here in about 24 hours so Danny Bailey how are you buddy I'm doing well today Uh, it's a little cold out here in Denver but it is cool it's it's good it's I'm glad it feels like winter and it helps. The cold weather helps my uh, jammed finger from basketball last night as well. Oh, so. a little f- uh, finger banger there. Sorry about <laughs> yeah, that. It Dang happens. It. <laughs> Who did it? Was it me? Did I do it? No, no. It was just, you know, a pass <laughs> that I was coming back for and just caught yeah, me right on the yeah. fingertips. It happens. It's not yeah. a big deal. I'm be- I'm probably being a baby. Oh, no, that's all right. Uh, grow up here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we do Thursday night uh, dad ball at... Uh, one of the at St. Mary's at nine o'clock. It's fun. I like to you say it's fun to play in the night like that. It is, huh? Yeah. I wish we could do a little bit more actually. So um, yeah, the Broncos and their coaching search. Uh, George Payton seems to be going through a pretty thorough process of um, interviewing every I don't know reasonably uh qualified candidate that there is out there um whether it be because of a great resume or of a association that george payton has or the team has with a guy uh it feels it's really feeling like dan quinn is a front runner but dan quinn has five other dan quinn has five other teams that are interested in his services so while i think the broncos are the best job i've kind of said this um from day one Who's to say the Vikings or the Bears or the Giants wouldn't give Dan Quinn some kind of say in, um, you know, general managership um, to work alongside or help select the general manager, kind of like Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers do, to basically give him more authority and more control and more power. That's what another team would be able to offer uh, Dan Quinn that the Broncos wouldn't, okay? So um, other than that... Um, and that's rare too, you know. What the Kyle Shanahan model? That's a that's you know that's um that's a rare one. Definitely. Um. So, I think Dan Quinn's a front runner. Yeah, and, and he's wanted to work with Peyton for a while. So, yeah. So it makes sense. But yeah, it's uh it's definitely going to be competitive out there to track him down because he do you, se- he seems like one of the top guys around the whole league right now. Who do you think right is now. the next best candidate, or maybe the next? Uh, who who's the next? Best candidate in the Broncos' eyes, and then who's your next best candidate? I think that there's a lot of love for Nathaniel Hackett. It seems like he might be the number two option at this point. Yeah, it does feel like that. It makes sense. It makes sense. He's a he's a good candidate. He's got strong uh, strong success right now, and there's no reason to pretty good pedigree. No reason to say he wouldn't take the next step. Okay, my thought is I'm wondering. If he's the second best candidate, purely, purely, purely because of the potential of landing Aaron Rodgers. 
Yeah, that that's a big part of it. I mean, is it the biggest? I don't. Uh, is it, the biggest it might part? be like, it might be like forty percent that, forty percent his kind of intangibles, and then twenty percent other stuff, resume. I guess you could say. Okay. Um, I'm thinking that that's the biggest factor. But imagine not getting Aaron Rodgers and having Nathaniel Hackett as your head coach. I guess you could talk yourself into that and the sure. notion of that. But also then, I, I don't know what makes him better than Brian Callahan or Kellen Moore. Yeah, I like Kellen sense, Moore a lot, without, honestly. Well, I do too. I like yeah. him a lot, a lot. The way that he, people talk about him is in the mold and along the lines of the way they talked about Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. 100%. And um, usually when the people talk about that guy in that kind of, you know, offensive super genius kind of mold, it ends up playing true, ends up being very true. So um, Kellen Moore might be my, I can't say he's my, he's 33 years old. That is so young. It's crazy. And that doesn't really matter these days, I guess, I guess. But what I don't know. What, to me, there's a big gap between Nathaniel Hackett, Kellen Moore, uh, Brian Callahan, and Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn's had a ton of success in this league. Tons of success in this league. Um, yeah. a, a, a resume a mile long. These other guys, I said that they had to put their resume together in 24-point font mm -hmm. to fill out a full page of things they've actually done and accomplished in this league. Sure. And I don't know between the Nathaniel Hackett's and the Brian Callahan's and the uh, Kellen Moore's who's actually responsible for those team's successes. Yeah. Is Kellen Moore responsible for all of Dak Prescott's offensive success? Or is um, um, Mike McCarthy who helped create Aaron Rodgers is uh, Brian Callahan, uh, the brain child behind Joe Burrow or Joe Burrow, just the truth. You mm -hmm. know, is he number one overall pick who just was destined to be great. And he's got his boy, Jamar Chase. And um, who's the other guy? Um, the other young guy, uh, Nathaniel Hackett is, you know, Aaron Rodgers, the recent yeah. one, Nathaniel Hackett. Probably, probably. That's scary. It's very scary sure. because Dan Quinn, like what he's done is true. It's real and true. And now it's a proven. And now I, it feels like and looks like everything that Dan Quinn comes in contact with, he turns it around into championship form from uh, Legion of Boom to the Falcons uh, rise to, you know, uh, the Cowboys defense has been so incredible this year. So. Yeah, one of the best in the league. Um, those guys, because of that, aren't as good a candidate, says Dan Quinn. For but sure. once Dan Quinn is off the board and, say, doesn't become the Broncos head coach, then all of those guys come back into play for me as viable and as good of a candidate as anyone left. Yeah. Unless Brian Flores was a real candidate, which it doesn't feel like he is. I don't really understand why either. I don't either. But... But that's either. the way it goes, and yeah, yeah, you said it. I mean, Dan Quinn. I don't. I haven't talked to any of his former players or current players, but he seems like he's a guy who they love and they rally around. Yeah, it seems and like that. I see. You've seen Micah Parsons uh, reaching out on social media saying, you know, don't go, Dan Quinn. You know, yeah, stay here. Yeah. Why wouldn't he? Look what Micah. What Micah Parsons has become under Dan Quinn. Absolutely, it's been become incredible. So, 
Um, I like Gerard Mayo too, but I think he's maybe a couple steps away. Yeah, I do I think, too. I, 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 I don't know like if him. I want to be the team that he cuts his teeth sure. with. And I know? don't know, maybe a defensive coordinator. Again, like, why would I go with Gerard Mayo when I could have what I think is a better version in Brian Flores? Yeah. He's already Absolutely. went through kind of the grind here and the rigors. And, you know, plus he's had the mentorship or the pedigree, you know, the Patriot Way pedigree, and uh, but has that experience. And he so. did a lot with a little in Miami. I agree. Because they were roughly the same as the Broncos I totally with a much with worse roster. Same exact. I mean, like, from the skill level that they really had at the quarterback position to all the way top to bottom. Um, I know they lost seven in a row, but to win seven in a row ain't Huge. easy. To, in that division, um, to be a 10-game winner like they were, and then he's 4-2 and two, lifetime as a head coach against New England. That's the kind of stuff we're looking for here to be able to go in there and beat a, a, a Chiefs team who's beat the Broncos 13 straight times kind of stuff, you know? No doubt, no doubt. So... I don't know. Uh, in terms of, you know what I think? I think next week, for one, one team has to hire a coach. Yes. And then the dominoes will fall. Yeah. After one coach is fired, that next team doesn't want to be runner-up, doesn't want to get left out cold in the dust, and then doesn't want to um, have the narrative be um, set that they got the fourth best guy in the market or they got their third best guy. Their two top choices are right, with other teams now. These So once one guy gets hired, other teams are going to move very, very quick to get the, you know, um, the pen on the dotted line. Yeah, and, I hope the Broncos are that first team. Well, I hope so too. But if they're not, I think that's okay too. And I'll say this, and then we'll have a little break. And mention DraftKings, and then you. I want you to mention the ownership stuff about this potential sure. uh, ownership bid from uh, a group here, or at least an individual who may, might make some sense here. So I'll say this about the head coaching job. I think there's um, a picture being painted or an idea or a notion that there's only one right guy for the job. There is one guy to lead them, but there's only one. And if we don't pick that one guy, we'll be left in the dungeon again for another three or four years. I don't believe that to be true. I don't think there's lots of guys, but of these 10 candidates, I think three could lead the Broncos to the promised land. Yeah, and we mentioned four who, with those three offensive guys and Dan Quinn, those are four really good options that you oh, that yeah. I think you can get excited about and you can get behind. And I think you can reach the ultimate goal with the quarterback of winning with you know three or four guys out there available. I, I believe that. So um, is there one guy or two guys who maybe seemingly overnight could find a way to put this team in a winning position quicker than maybe another guy could? Yeah, I think so. So one guy might be able to get to that point from point A to point point be a little bit quicker and one guy's process might be a little bit more drawn out um but there's not just one way to do it and i want people to kind of understand that that if we again i want to get one of the best candidates um but i don't want to just get a hot candidate uh who's we interviewed because two or three other teams interviewed him i want it to be you know george Payne. i think is has a real plan has a real philosophy, 
uh, I mean, is going to execute it. And I think he's like a real general manager in this, like the sense of what real general managers do. When John Elway took the team over, it was in dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And it was about li- literally just stabilizing it, finding a, a, a face of the franchise through the old face. And um, John, while his dad, like we said, is one of the great scouts there ever was and a great football guy, John was never a real true general manager in the sense of all the little things general managers do and where general managers kind of came from and the come up. Definitely. So Peyton Manning helped solve a lot of those you know problems and made it look like John was doing uh, was all of the right things. And he did do a lot of uh, great things. A uh, little bit of success in the draft, a lot of success through free agency. Their pro personnel was great, as good mm-hmm. as anybody. And then John Elway was able to land the greatest free agent in the history of sports in Peyton Manning, you know, because... It was the greatest roll of the dice, too. You knew Tom Brady was going to go somewhere and be successful. Um, Peyton was out of football for a Yeah, year. it was not a certainty. It, definitely not. So um, I like that George Payne's making me feel like we got the right guy in charge who's doing the right things and handling this you know, process in the right fashion. Um, and I think that we're going to be find a good one because of it. I think he's going to do it the right way. I don't think he's going to be uh, talked into anything, swept off his feet by one meeting. Um, and I think he'll make a good choice, a good decision. And that's what we, that's where I'm at with this process with George Payton here, I guess. And um, I trust him. I trust George. To I make do the too. Right call. I do too. I want to mention DraftKings here. Uh, we're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, celebrating with a huge odds boost here for new customers. Uh, counting down to Super Bowl 56, you can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 to get $280 in free bets if your team wins, okay? So if you're uh, not a new customer, you guys still get in on the action with the same game parlays, okay? Combine multiple bets from the same game for one big payout. The more legs you add, the more money you win, okay? Uh, DraftKings safe, secure, reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your money whenever you want, Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code MHS. Get 56 uh, in honor of Super Bowl 56. 56 to 1 odds on any team. Um, bet any team to win. Just bet your team to win. That's it. Promo code MHS. That's promo code MHS when you're signing up uh, to get these incredible odds, this odds boost, and to turn this little bit of pocket change into potentially thousands of thousands of dollars if you're able to do this right, like a lot of people do. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, Danny Bailey, there's uh, someone was mentioned yesterday as potential owner for the Denver Broncos. Woody Page mentioned there were six groups. I'm not sure where he got that from. Uh, and then John Elway mentioned to Mike Kliss that he'd like to be a part of a group, but he's not necessarily committed to any group right now. So knowing that Peyton is seemingly in front of one group, John's trying to may have a, a line on being a part of another group. Um, who's the guy who's the Denver native who was mentioned the other day as being the next, potentially the next Broncos owner? So this newcomer to the conversation, I think it's a very intriguing option. 
Um, and obviously it's, it's going to come down to the money because the team's going to go up for auction. So yeah. it's going to be the highest bidder, but Robert F. Smith, uh, he's a Denver native and at 59 years old, he has a net worth of $6.7 billion, uh, which makes him the richest black person in America. So front office And he'd sports, be the first black owner in the NFL. He would, he would, which would be a huge step, um, this front office sports article puts out a lot of a lot of good details, a lot of good background, and kind of pulls from some of the other stories like Woody's that you said, talking about how there's six groups. Uh, I I think it's really intriguing because he's a businessman and he's not he's not really like a big in the media type of guy. For sure. he, he we doesn't don't know he's a rich guy who he we avoids don't know everything the spotlight. about yeah. taking rockets to space and stuff like yeah. that, right? So from Denver and he does a lot of great things with the community. He uh, he paid off a bunch of student loans for Morehouse College students um, in 2019. And he has done a lot of other philanthropy. But where it comes down to the nitty gritty is kind of breaking into that boys club of the NFL owners, right? Because he needs 75% approval from the other owners. And... There are a couple things that might that might work against him. The youth, I think, is one of them. Um, unfortunately, I think race is probably one of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, he did have a little bit of a spat with the uh, U.S. justice system. He was never indicted, but um, he he did have some tax fraud type of oh, issues hasn't? going on. You and know? I think I think that fits right in with the NFL owners. You know, that's yeah, yeah. that kind of shows that he's didn't one of their pay own. millions and millions in taxes. Well, yeah. you know, surprise, surprise, I guess. But I think that it's, it's I like huge. the idea. It would be guy. huge to have somebody who is a first for the NFL and the first black owner. He's from Denver, so his roots are here, and he's invested in the city, Six and he's billion, a behind-the-scenes well, guy. Yeah, which not would necessarily mean he'd have a football to put guy. a billion and a half or two billion in to be like a majority owner of the team. He wouldn't do it all himself. Yep. Um, he seems like he wouldn't meddle. I don't know that to be true or not, but um, that would be my concern with you know, Peyton or with John Elway a little bit is that maybe they try to do a little bit too much like Jerry Jones, uh, even if they're not a majority owner. I don't think this situation with Robert F. Smith would be like that. With Peyton, it's like you the idea of Peyton, you get the best of both worlds because sure. you might want him to be your general manager yeah. anyways. Yeah. But also I think he's professional and smart enough, Peyton, to hire real. His job would be to hire the right football people. You exactly. Know, not be putting draft boards together. And, and I think we like already that. have one so. of those here in George Payton. So to have an owner who wants to own the team and make it good yeah. and see what we've got with the pieces that are already here, uh, well, I think I think it's a really interesting uh, opportunity. Everybody wants Payton, and nobody sure. wants John Oway to own the team. And I think that's kind of sad a little bit because John's I would love either. so much around here. I would love either. I have too, but like you see the polls on Twitter and stuff like that. It's it's 90 It's 10. a landslide, yeah. It's a, it's a bloodbath in terms of people wanting Peyton and run, want to running, you know, want to run John Elway out of town. Um, John Elway's the greatest thing that ever happened to this state. Um, he's a living legend. Uh, and you know what I think? Just like as a player and just like as an executive – John Elway, the owner, would find a way to win some championships. I believe that. Sure. Um, yeah, he did it. At, I don't he think did it at the other two levels, right? As a player and as a GM. It, it had to be a perfect storm for John, or John would have to go get you know um, 
tied in with Bezos or somebody because it had to be splashy in order for John, I think. Um, yeah, John was. and just some no-name owner would be passed by, I think. And even though this is like uh, an auction, not everybody is welcome to bid at this auction. Yeah. There's um, only going to be a handful of people who are going to be able to bid on this team that they think is worth $4 billion. I think it sells for 5 or 6 mm-hmm. and is the most that any team ever is sold for in the history of American professional sports. And uh, rightfully so, you're getting a great brand. It's like buying Kraft or Nabisco or Kellogg's or something like that to me. So yeah, uh, it's Friday. Um Let's pick these games really quick, these Let's divisional games, and then we'll come back next week with a full week of podcasts because I think we're going to have a lot to talk about in terms of hires, um, even if Broncos haven't made theirs, um, the hires around the rest of the league. So um, I like um, I like the Titans to roll. Really? Yeah, I do. I think Cincinnati's got about as far as they can go. They kind of hit their peak already. Yeah, and uh, I like. I think I have a very bright future. Yeah, I think the Titans are kind of made for this and built for this. Um, and I think it's some kind of twenty-seven seventeen. Mm. Cincinnati, think, you know, goes back to the drawing board at yeah. tinkers, adds some pieces, and tries to become again like the Titans in a year or two. But I don't know. I think the Titans might be a little rusty. Ooh. I think Derrick Henry for sure is going to be a little rusty, yeah. and this Bengals team feels like they they kind of have a little extra juice right now. Probably not Super Bowl juice, but I think they could be in the AFC Championship. I, I feel you uh, actually, and I like the Bengals. Yeah, like I like them, so it makes it tough to you know see it kind of clear. But what the Titans did after Derrick Henry's injury. True. For when people thought they'd go from missing the playoffs to being the number one overall seed, yeah. shows you how deep and talented and they are th- across the board, yeah. and maybe how good their coaching staff is as well. Well, there's so. only eight teams left, so they're all pretty good. What about the other Saturday game, the NFC, the Niners at the Packers? This is a tough one. I don't know really what's going on with Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been talked about as someone who maybe could end up here in Denver, and I like him. I think he's a, he's a solid starting quarterback. Okay, but if he's hurt against a really good Packers team. Uh, I think the Packers role in this one, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's the baddest man on the planet. Um, if Jimmy Garoppolo plays and plays the whole game, what the, like the history between these two teams, I think the 49ers have a few more stars. They're a little more top-heavy. Sure, sure. So you're like, wow, there's got those uh, Devontae and uh, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones and all these guys. I think the Niners are as talented, but they don't come in superstar name packages. Yeah, because Debo Samuel is ascending, I, and I just George think they're Kittle. deep, deep, deep. I don't yeah. think the Green Bay Packers are more talented, but they okay. have um, the best quarterback in the league. They do. So in a game that I really, really think is a coin flip, I'm taking the five and a half points and the okay. 49ers. Okay. So, and I've said this a bunch of times said on the show today, from. The best resume of any team this season is Green Bay's. Other than the opening loss to the Saints when they got blown out in the opener, they haven't had any dip in the season. They lost the game where Aaron Rodgers sat, Mm -hmm. and they lost, what, 14-7 to when Jordan Love started. But there was no real lulls or lows or dips in their season like almost every, every other team did. 
Tampa yeah. Bay lost a couple midstream. The Bills were down there and had to get right. The Chiefs stumbled out of the gates. Um, the Rams were looking like, what's going to happen with these guys? People had turned their back on them for a minute or two. Yeah, Green um, Bay, they lost that first game of the season almost uh, in embarrassing fashion yeah. to the Saints, and then other, they just were back. But other than that, um, they've had the best overall resume. For so sure. that there says something to their com- competitiveness and their... Um, um, their consistency definitely is what I'm trying to say. Um, but also, I don't think they're more talented than the 49ers. I don't think they're more talented than the Rams. And I don't think they're more talented than the Buccaneers. Because after Aaron Rodgers and Devontae, I think like the Lazards and the Valdez Scantlings, I think those are just guys that Aaron sure. Rodgers makes look superhuman. Yeah, so that's a fair assessment. That's it. That's, that's, that's those games. So let's go to the Sunday uh, Rams at the World Champ Buccaneers. Pick it. This is a tough one. It is. It's hard. Because I like, I'm happy to see Vaughn back in the playoffs doing his thing. Six sacks in nine games. Yeah. And I think with the way that Tampa Bay is a little beaten up, maybe the Rams have a chance. But I also don't trust Matt Stafford. I don't trust him to be consistent enough to be good multiple games in a row. Um, I don't. I think I got to take Tampa Bay if it's under a field goal. I picked the Rams at the beginning of the season to win the Super Bowl yep. or to go to the Super Bowl. Okay. I think and maybe lose to the Bills, but it was the Bills and the Rams I had in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and you know you have to, uh, and I've kind of backed them the whole season, and I kind of do like Matt Stafford for that team, and I think he has a lot to prove. But Odell's I don't. Come on. I don't think I can bet against Tom Brady. Yeah, it's how could and it again just doesn't um, feel right. And if you're like, well. No Godwin, and they're <laughs> shorthanded. He won Super Bowls with Troy Brown and Rashad Caldwell mm-hmm. at receiver. Just fucking guys. They're just yeah. guys. And so, he still got Gronk. Yeah, so I'm not going to bet against Tom Brady. Give me a uh, Tampa Bay, but also like 30 to 27, which yeah. would be a, It'll be uh, tight. It'd be a push, technically. I've seen two and a half here. Give yeah, me the Buccaneers to win this game. Yeah, I think the Bucks win, and that line could move too before the game if if some late money comes in on uh, mm-hmm. on the Rams. So we'll see what happens. Okay, final game of the weekend. It's probably the most enticing oh, and can't wait for to this me, one. Is the Bills at the Chiefs? Bills got the Chiefs early in the season, but they're different teams, way different teams than than they are now. It's one and a half points. Like I said, the Chiefs have to cover. You can get them one thirty on a money line if you're worried. You know, it could be a twenty eight to twenty seven kind of game, and that one point could come down to burning millions of dudes for like millions of dollars. Sure. But I, I, I think um, I'm taking the Chiefs here. And I like the Bills a lot. I, I love, love Josh Allen. Um, I feel like I got a, we got a connection. I got a connection with that team. Emmanuel Sanders is kind of my bro. Um, our sons are friends. And, um, you know, we they spend time together. And we, I coach his kid. Um, and I have reasons to root for the Bills. Yeah. But I can't root against the Chiefs. And I think the Chiefs are better maybe right now going in than they were going into the playoffs last year. And they just found their way through the bracket to the Super Bowl where they finally got, you know, um, gassed. Um, Give me the Chiefs. But the Chiefs minus 130 on a money line, not minus one and a half. Because I'm not going to take the Chiefs and lose my bet by uh, 30 to 20. Like, you know... Uh, like I said, 28-27 type of yeah. game. Yeah, I think that I, I've i got the Chiefs and the Packers in the Super Bowl. And at this point, it just seems like the Chiefs started a little slow last week against the Steelers, but 
then they showed you that they're still who they are, if not a better version of what they were last year. And I just don't know if the Bills can keep up. Um, Josh Allen loves to take risks. He'll probably take a couple unnecessary risks in this one because he's trying to outshine Mahomes. And unfortunately, this I think this Chiefs defense has just gotten too good at the end of the season. And it's going to be a battle. But, yeah, I'll take the Chiefs as well in a, in a tight one for sure. All right, that's the whole podcast. We appreciate you guys being with us. Subscribe, download this podcast anywhere you can find podcasts, literally on planet Earth. If you like the podcast, you'll love the radio show. We do it at Mile High Sports Radio. It's 98.1 FM here in town. But you can just go to milehighsports.com and watch the radio show, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. every single day. Uh, Danny Bailey, good stuff. We appreciate you, man. Uh, I appreciate you. We will see you guys next week. Go Broncos. Uh, Let's go get us a head coach. Good night, Sheila. Good night.